Thanks for joining us today for the Post-Traumatic Faith Podcast, a place where trauma, hardship, and challenge meet faith and hope for the future. Here is your host, Jill Riley. Welcome to Post-Traumatic Faith. Season 3 has arrived. I am so excited to share with you this season new guests, new topics, and some great conversations. So tune in every week on Fridays. We will have a new episode. Also this season, we will celebrate our 100th episode. So stay tuned for that. Just happens to fall on my birthday, October 28th. So we will have a big celebration. Thank you so much for joining us. And here's today's guest. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. This is Jill Riley. And today from the sunny land of Miami, I am welcoming Meg Nacero. How are you, Meg? I'm good. It's great to see you, Jill. You too. How is life in Miami? I'm a little jealous of your son right now. Oh, well, I, you know, it's interesting because come May, we all know to start like, you know, you know, we're getting ready for that hot, hot summer. We don't get a break from the humidity, but right now it's still really pleasant that we can at least walk around and not sweat because we have humidity here. So, you know, it is what it is, right? We deal with it. Yeah. Well, I, I hate humidity, so it's a good thing that I live in the Northwest, right? Absolutely. <laughs> You're not going to like it here for sure. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit before, what is your family like? Tell me about your, who, who's in your home these days? Yeah. So, so the summer months brought my son who's 19 back into the house, you know, after being away for college for a year, which was really exciting for him. And then I have a 13 year old daughter who is, you know, my actress, my theatrical one, my drama queen, and so much fun to have her around at the same time. She's 13. <laughs> She's 13. So all right. the challenges of 13, the confidence issues like we were talking about before. And, and you know, Try, you know, I love it because the word confidence means confidere is in Latin. It means with faith. So, you know, that's how we all need to start walking a little bit better with confidence in our life is have grab onto more faith, which I love is. Right. So, which is so fun at that age because you get to be their cheerleader in confidence and faith. And at the same time, they're just like, yeah, I don't get it. It's not me. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter pulled in. I was having a conversation with her the other day and I was just like, and she's like, mom, Avi. I'm like, Avi, what is that? Obviously, mom, like, we're breaking down the words now, you know, we're breaking down the words now. We've I gone know. from anacronyms to breaking down the words, right? Yes. Oh my God. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So funny. Let me tell you a little bit about Meg. Meg is a queen of manifesting. Not only is she an attorney, a former federal prosecutor, but has transitioned her career to TEDx inspirational speaker of Wake Up, certified empowerment coach and happiness trainer and award-winning author of the Butterflies and Bliss Trilogy. Consists of the Magic Guide to Bliss, Sparkle and Shine, 108 Mantras to Brighten Your Day and Lighten Your Way, and Butterfly Awakens, a Memoir of Transformation Through Grief. Founder of the Meg Nacero Network, she runs Butterflies and Bliss, LLC, a nonprofit called Shine Networking Inc. that provides educational scholarships to young innovative leaders and is a Love Button Global Mon Mo Movement Ambassador. Let me try that again. Love Button Global Movement ambassador. She hosts two YouTube podcast shows, Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People and Amazing Authors. You lady have a lot to do. 
I am uh, creating every day myself anew. I was like, I was talking to someone yesterday about reinvention and I was like, well, you know, it keeps you definitely from the doldrums and the boringness of life for, for sure. So yes, I absolutely feel really privileged to be showing up doing what I'm doing because I've always been a creative and having walked a different path for many years it's so nice to like literally spread my wings like a butterfly so so. being a creative how did you end up in law you know in my family I'm I'm an Italian American I come from really strict like strong educational background for my family was that was the way to better yourself in this world, which I am a huge advocate of. I love the, you know, I love words. Educate means to lead out of and certainly lead towards something is what education can do for you. Um, for me, it was like doctor, lawyer, Indian shape, like literally those three, like it, you know, what are you going to do with your life and what kind of service are you going to bring? And, you know, when I was a kid, it's so funny because I loved drawing dresses. I wanted to be a fashion designer in the worst way. I used to basically create um, patterns for my Barbie dolls. And I used to cut them out and I used to sew them together from like sheets that my my mother would always pull out and be like, what is in here? There's a hole, you know, where there should be, you know, a full sheet. So, I mean, I certainly, uh, I certainly was very imaginative, creative. I love colors, right. I love, you know, building and, and certainly around my Barbie dolls. Cause that's what I had when I was a kid, you know, the, the real thing is that my mother was very intent on having each of her daughters be very independent in life. And because my mom came from a family, my, her father was a congressman, a lawyer as well, you know, and she was a teacher and, you know, her siblings had all of these professional degrees as well. She wanted that for her kids. And I think that was really her intent more than mine. Although I will say this, being a very theatrical person, you know, with law, you know, being a litigator for so many years, it is right. a courtroom of theatrics. I mean, that is. Oh, yeah. That coupled with the whole storytelling component, because a lot of people do get like really inventive with the stories that they tell when they're on the stand or, you know, you know, one of the biggest, you know, job that I had was to figure out whether there was credibility there or not. So I got to study people for 20 years, which is another one of my, you know, passions as well as to really understand the human existence and what makes us tick and why you know, why we do what we do. And certainly on the other end of the spectrum, you know, what we are all looking for in life. And, and that's what led me toward the happiness training. So yeah, law, law was kind of, uh, I will say this, I got my master's in 1994 in uh, international security and conflict and inter-American affairs, because I speak, mm-hmm. I speak four languages. I studied languages in college, you know, the creative path wasn't something that my parents would really say, go do it. That's, that's more of a hobby. You know, that's a hobby, you know, not that I wasn't exposed to creativity all the time because they took us to Broadway. They took us to symphonies. They took us to all these sorts of mind, you know, expanding events for kids. (laughs) They wanted us to experience the world around us. We were very blessed that way, but it wasn't for a job that was for a hobby, you know, and certainly at the end of the day, I took that route, the law route after my master's because I wanted to go into the foreign service. They told me pretty much that you can't bring your dog and I couldn't have, I couldn't go anywhere without my dog. So (laughs) that is 
literally like, okay, so I guess I better apply to law school, you know, because I'm not going to leave my dog. My dog is my animal guide, my best friend at the time. And like, literally, I would give anything for that beautiful Leonardo. It was, no, his name was Alfredo Luigi. So anyway, um, yeah, so that brought me to law. And I learned so much about myself, studying the, you know, what I was capable of. I mean, it's not for the weary. You got to really put your mind to it and, and sit down and, and the application. But I learned so much from everything I've done. And now it's brought me to a full circle to back to the creative side where I get to, you know, write books. And one of my favorite things is to inspire people to come alive to the beauty of their own dreams, which, you know, lies passion to purpose. And we all get there. It's right. just, you know, what takes us on that journey. Yeah, we all take we all take a different path to that journey, but we hopefully hopefully we do get there and don't don't get stuck in things that don't fulfill us, right? Don't fill our bucket. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that I think we all go through uh, those experiences that have us really looking at ourselves and saying, is this something I like, don't like, if it resonates with me, doesn't resonate with me. I think the contrast is really important because when we know we don't like, we can focus more on the things that we want, you know, because we know that, okay, that's not something for me. I wasn't happy there. It wasn't fulfilled there. And I'll tell you after 20 years of being a litigator, you know, it was really burning me out. It, it was exhausting listening to really sad, horrible stories. I can tell you that it was, you know, people who are seeking asylum in this country and they're telling stories about real persecution and real sadness. And it was really hard for me as an empath to not internalize a lot right. of that. And, you know, like you were talking about like the whole idea behind post-traumatic, you know, things around that, you know, I, you know, we hear a lot in our mind, you know, when your mind goes, your body will follow. And I was getting symptoms that were, you know, tantamount to anxiety, depression myself, you know, being there and not feeling, I couldn't do it again. I couldn't do it anymore. I think it's a shelf life. I think everything has a, a bit of a shelf life. And when mm -hmm. you're actually paying attention, which is kind of the wake up component that I like to talk about a lot is that you realize that, okay, this is, I need to start thinking about something else because this is no longer serving me. Like right. So what is that wake up component? What does that mean? For sure. As far as I'm concerned, either we pay attention to those things <laughs> that like are there in front of us that say, you know, this is not good for you anymore. Don't, don't be so scared. Someone said yesterday, you know, being scared is okay, but preventing it, preventing you from going for those things you love that where the gold is right. That's, that's not good. That's not, that's, that's, that's allowing it to stagnate you and, and staying, you know, stuck. And it holds you captive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and listen, I, I am probably the scaredy the biggest scaredy cat in the world. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, I, I have to deal with my own anxieties on a daily basis <laughs> because mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, the what ifs, the what ifs, Oh my God, what, what happens if they didn't, but I have to like, it's like, I'm a recovering hypochondriac. It's funny because I have to like, you know, say, okay, well, there's the law that'll serve me. The evidence shows this has happened before. The evidence shows these are the tools I use to get me through it. The evidence shows I'm stronger than I think I am. You know, this at, where I am right now in my life, I can do that. When I was like in my early, you know, twenties, teenage years. Oh yeah. No, it was all like, like, I always have this vision of someone's hair on fire running around like, ah, you know, <laughs> and everyone's seeing this calm person, but I'm like, no, <laughs> my world is falling apart. But for me, 
the biggest wake up call <clears throat> happened for me when my mother passed away from mm-hmm. breast cancer in 2011. And, you know, my husband always likes to say that she is someone who, who really grounded me, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll offer more than just a grounding. She offered me unconditional love. And I think that mm-hmm. as we walk through this world, having people in our lives who are those supports that offer unconditional love, like no matter what happens that I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. You're looking a little crazy now, Meg, but I'm still here for you. I love you. And, and you can count on that. There's something, how you walk through the world differently. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I, you know, and she certainly had a strong faith where she believed even when she was going through her biggest you know, challenge her wake up, you know, that she would be okay. Well, you know, okay. On so many, you know, so many levels when you're facing a life threatening disease, you know, what does that mean? And, and, and for me, I didn't understand when she did finally pass away at 67. I, for me, that was young. I, I saw many years ahead with her, you know, playing in the realm of, you know, existential conversations where, you know, we solve all the problems of the world because we had come at it at different angles, you know, having those conversations. I love those conversations, you know, having, having to like search for people who can have those conversations like you too, Jill, you know, that is so much more challenging when you relied on someone for so long that you didn't have to go anywhere else. But, um, you know, for me, it was complete breakdown before I could break through anything. Right. And, you know, we underestimate the power of people's, not only just their presence and their support in our lives, but those moments like you're talking about where you can have those conversations that are so life-giving and fulfilling and challenging and um, to have to have those people in our life that we can dialogue with like that um, is a gift. Oh, no, no. It's the greatest gift ever. And we take it for granted so many times, you know, over and, 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 you know, one of the things that I don't do is when I find someone I really resonate, I take that for granted anymore, because it's not everyone, you know, I, and I, I have a lot of people that I hold very dear and close to me. And I have a lot of friends that have been there for me for years in my life. And I'm very blessed that way to bear your soul to someone is a very different experience, you know, Mm -hmm. where your authentic self, but to the point where you're so vulnerable that they see you and they still love you, you know, with all your flaws and everything. And, you know, back to, back to your point, you know, it's that, that moment in time where, you know, you say, wow, this person's special. I need to keep that person close. I need to honor right. that friendship. So I, I do love that you made that point. Yeah. Yeah. So your mother had what kind of cancer? She was, she had breast cancer. She had breast cancer and she was, she got out of remission the first time. Like she went through the whole chemotherapy, everything. And I think the second time when it came back, it was, you know, I think she was tired. I think that, you know, that impact that it has on your body and the fight you know, for her, it was, you know, exhausting. It was exhausting. And, you know, a lot of things in her experience that happened, you know, I look back and I do not understand still the why it happened to her, because Mm -hmm. like I said, she was, she was such a great, she was a wonderful person. I mean, it was a true loss when she left this world because, you know, especially now when we're going through such challenging times, but, you know, at the same time, the legacy that she's left behind 
for all of us to build on my sisters. I have two sisters um, as well, you know, is such a beautiful, you know, gift. Like you said before, you know, the gift that she left behind for all of us that, you know, we see ourselves differently because having known her, which is making a difference in our world that we can impact other people the same way. So that's the beauty of her life. I, I love this. I, I'm a, this is us fan. (laughs) So, so indulge me for a moment, but last night, you know, we're just talking about like the end and it's like, yeah, and they never really go away. You know, you're going to be there for them just in a different capacity. Now telling somebody when they lose somebody right away that, Oh, they're still with you. You'll be fine. You know, it's it's not helpful. It's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. You're just like, there's some choice words that come to mind. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But once you get through the grieving process or as you, um, I shouldn't say get through it, but as you walk through that process, some of those things do become a reality. You begin to see some of the, some of the gifts that are, that come along that journey. So I'm just wondering as your mother, um, suffered through cancer and all of that. What things did you learn about her as she walked that road? You know, it's a beautiful thing when you go from a child parent relationship to a adult adult relationship, right? It becomes um, a whole new experience. We as kids see our parents as like super, most people, right? They're these super forces of, of the world that they, you know, they're the ones to turn to. I, you know, one of the things that she really did show me was her humanity. And I think that that is something that's really beautiful because, you know, when she, she, she showed me her humanity and the fact of the matter is she was a fighter too. And, uh, you know, I guess the greatest gift I had was to be there for her after all those years that she had been there for me. So lessons learned lessons, you know, um, I, the collective for me, it's a collaborative energy, I guess. I think it, you know, um, especially when you're, you're talking about these love relationships and and whatever respect they are, you know, it's how, we directly impact another. And she allowed me, and I think it's really an allowing because she was at such a very vulnerable place when she was so sick that, you know, sometimes people go back into their hole and they eschew people. They stay away from me, stay away from me. And she didn't do that. She allowed us to be there for her. So Mm -hmm. I hold that, you know, very close to me that I could honor my mother like that you know, my whole family, my whole, all three of us, all three of the girls, my dad. Um, I, I think the other lesson that I learned, and this is huge because she told me this right before she died, stress will kill you <laughs> and you should have no regrets at the end of your days. And I really thought about that. I think my parent, my, my dad was like, oh my God, she's lost it. Because I, when, after she dies, like I have to leave this job. I will regret, you know, spending 30 years total and never having gone after my dreams. And and it's so interesting because, interesting. you know, they're like, have you jumped the, you know, are, are you, have you jumped off the, you know, literally, you know, what is going on? Are you still there? And I kept thinking, what is my legacy? It, it really did shift to a very self-full approach to my own life. You know, I wasn't, 
I had young kids. My daughter was two and my son was eight at the time. And I was like, well, I want them to see me going after my dreams and not just getting through the day, you know, not just making it through. I want to, I want to experience my own real joy and my own real bliss. So ultimately what happened was I wrote a guide that my mother would basically tell me these lessons of life. I, I like to think I channeled her because to help me get through the grief, I would be in meditation uh, with the notion that whatever I would receive is something that she would want me to hear. So I wrote a book called the magical guide to bliss, 366 insights of the uh, a day to follow, to guide me to my bliss. Like what it is that, that I'm here to do the vocation, mm. the calling component. I mean, nobody, nobody can think about vocation and calling when you're just getting through your days, literally you having your four children, my have two, you know, there's a lot that's going on. You're just basically juggling you know, these balls <laughs> constantly right. over to God Always. You don't fall or crash into your face or you don't fall on your face, you know, at the, at the other end of the spectrum, you know, that whole point of, uh, power of intention, like intention, thinking about your life intentionally. And, you know, I like maybe, you know, accused of being taking myself too seriously, but there's a quote that I love by Oscar Wilde, life is too important to be taken so seriously. And, you know, the whole idea is that I will always have what I need to do what I need to do here. And uh, wow, if that's not faith, (laughs) I don't know what is. Yeah, that definitely is a step of faith. Oh my, I I laugh because, you know, that leap that we all, like, they all talk about the leap of faith. I think at the day, um, when I faced the day of making the decision to actually resign from my former career as a, as a federal prosecutor, you know, I was like, what am I doing at the same time? What if I don't do this? You know, like that double, you know, looking at the world, this is safe and, and this will provide my family with so much, you know, so that, you know, no one's going to, you know, have to, you know, not seek their dreams. And I said, but what on the other side, if I go after mine, maybe that'll open up more to them as well, because I said, yes, to what aligns me to my passion. So I can find more of my purpose. Just like you, Jill, because I, I can't right. wait to get you and I get to interview you because you have a beautiful story. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And I, I benefited from it. So why, why don't I want to share or why wouldn't I share my story to maybe benefit others who are right? Absolutely. So what do you say to the person who says, I want to find my bliss. I want to find what I was created for, what I was meant to be. And I want to go after that, but I have a job. I have obligations. I have all of these obstacles. I don't have the resources to be able to go out and to start a new business or just begin this new, this new evolution of myself. What do you say to people who feel stuck like that? And in reality may be very stuck like that. Oh, this is great because my father's going to love that I say this. My, we had recently a graduation. Um, my nephew graduated and my father was reading out certain quotes to inspire them. And I would say this, there, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, right? I mean, nobody starts and I would love to, you know, certainly you know, align this to the last part of my book, which is I walking the Camino, the Santiago and, and Copacela in Spain. If, if you think about 
the hundred for me it was 111 kilometers 77 miles if you think about that on day one you might just sit down and go i just not do this <laughs> or you think about everything because remember recovering hypochondriac here if you think about everything that could go wrong as you journey on this you know Camino, you're never gonna do it you're never gonna do it what i thought about was okay first of all I aligned it with my love button ambassadorship, right? So I would pass out love buttons with this word love on them to everyone I met as I did it. So that became fun for me because I love people. So I had to make it a game. I had to make it a game. Listen, if you were to ask me, why did you do that, Meg? You know, it's in my book. It's the most crazy story. I was searching for something as we all do, why we do everything, right? We were searching for something. We're looking for something. But in the end, you find yourself, you know, all this seeking, all this wanting, all this yearning, you find yourself, but it has to start with the first step. Because if you sit there and you, you know, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs your way, like you said, you're never going to begin. But boldness, you know, the whole, you know, Goethe was saying, you know, the boldness, there's beauty in boldness. There, there is magic in boldness. So yeah, maybe right now you're like, oh my God, I have this job, but you start getting curious and start doing the research around what Mm -hmm. it is that gets you excited. Start asking questions. I, you know, one of my things I do now is I coach, I coach, you know, career transition or people who want life purpose, like really want to identify what that is. That gets me going because I'm like, like I said, queen of manifest. I know that you have to get intentional and focus on what works for you, not for me or not for Jill, not for everybody else, but the person that you are sitting there with on the daily. How far apart are the steps between um, boldness and foolishness? (laughs) Well, you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes those things that are considered to be foolishness to one person might be the thing that saves the other, right? So I will challenge the word, right? Uh, You know, some of the craziest, most wonderful inventions were discovered because of foolishness in other people's lives, right? So I'm really tentative around, you know, making a judgment call on that. Mm -hmm. You know, people see me all the time, like literally you have 10 more years until you can retire with all these benefits. They might label me. She's crazy. She's lost her mind. And I would have thought it would be foolish for me because remember, I remembered what my mother told me. Stress is going to kill you. I mean, I'm talking about, we have normal stresses in life, but we're talking about an inordinate amount, like you know, right. debilitating, right? That like your body is responding now with panic attacks or, you know, all sorts of fun neurological <laughs> disorders because it has been there. Level of, I can't deal with this anymore, right? Yeah, been right. there, right? I think anyone who's being honest after a certain point, if you get tasked with so much, guess what happens? You are going to break if you don't stand up and be the advocate for yourself, right? Yep. Because and, and, and I say, get the help you need, get the support you need, find your unconditional people who will love you no matter what. I am blessed, like I said before, to have found other people after my mother passed away who are like, we're here for you. We support you. Yeah, we might not agree with you, but honey, let's see what we got. Let's see what you got in you, right? And at the end of the day, 
every, you know, I love this phrase. You're going to laugh, Jill. You're never going to believe what just happened to me has been said by myself many times over because mm. the things that have come to fruition from me saying yes to the, what would be considered foolishness to another person and taking that next step toward the right place for me or the right now place for me. Because, you know, I, my, I have a very good friend who says, this is how I feel today. I'm not sure how I'll feel tomorrow, but this is how I feel today. <laughs> you know, with the information I have, this is the best use of that wisdom and application to my life. So I say, you got to know who you are. You got to follow the bray of your heart. You got to go with the music that's in you. You got to walk your path. Yeah. And not, you know, you can be inspired by others. You can be inspired, but if it's not fully aligned to that, what makes you tick and makes you come alive, then maybe that's the foolishness, right? Maybe that's the, the, why, why would you ever want to, you know, show up in this world, anything but you. Right. So you quit the prosecutor's office and then what was the next step? What did you do next? So. Okay. Just, I want to, I just want to clarify this. I need to have big universal signs for me to do something like that. Because <laughs> like I said before, <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm a very dutiful person. Like I would never ab- abandon anyone for my own desires. But a year before I actually published my first book, Magical Guide to Bliss, I was on stage with Oprah Winfrey, 15,000 people in the audience in Miami. You know, she's looking at me saying, Meg, it's time to live the life you want. So, okay, there you go. I'm thinking this is like a godsend for my mother because it's a clearly, pretty big sign, Meg. <laughs> a pretty big sign, right? It's like, yeah, and I'm supposed to ignore this. Okay. So that a year later, this is the timeline because I want to make sure everyone knows that our next step happens, you know, on a quick trajectory or a very you know, delayed, but because I am a very method, 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 method I'm, I'm a very planned out strategic thinker. <laughs> methodical. Methodical. Thank you. I took me a year. I published my first book and then I started playing in that realm of, of, of being an author. And then I saw how doors were opening up for me in that respect. And, you know, for me, ultimately, the, the right before I did, in fact, resign from my job, I put in for my promotion um, that, you know, at that point in time, I had done, you know, tw- like 18 years of already managing interns. It was a management position for a supervisor position for attorney. And I showed up and I, you know, for the job that I, so funny, show up for the job that you want. Right. And I laugh because if it were for me, there's that great meme that shows up, you know, Wonder Woman shows up for the office promotion. And then you're like, what? This is not, this is not the job that you could have. Give me with, you know, <laughs> aligns with me as you know, dressed as Wonder Woman. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, doors close so you can turn around and look for the ones that are opened. And I applied for the promotion within a, like, when a week before I found out I did not get it, I received from Lynn Manny Miranda of Hamilton fame. He wrote something for my first book. He wrote, this is a one he, he, and I, and I put it in my, my, um, my second publication of that, but just, just praised it. And then the next week I find myself, you know, in California listening to cold play, Chris Martin play, you know, yellow in, in his home as a, as a member of love button global movement. And this is the song that got me through my depression listening to yellow. And it's right in front of me. He's singing to like 
maybe 50 people there. And I'm like, oh my God, doors are opening in one direction, closing in the other. And very much so. Like I said, you need big signs for Meg because Meg, otherwise, I hate to talk in the third person, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, (laughs) I'll be like, you know, I'm not sure. What if, what if I'll do the what ifs? But you know, at this point in time, I had that gift from my mother. You don't want to have regrets when it's your end. And this is not something that's a lofty, okay, when it's over, I saw her pass away. I was there by her side. I was with her. She gave me that, you know, where, and, and, and then of course, you know, also I received a vision from, from her, you know, saying, you know, you know, let me go. And uh, wow. Let me go is like huge for me because I'm like, you know, physically, yes, but I don't have to let her go on the other side. She's always with me. So back to leaving my job. So I started getting certified because I'm an education junkie. I got certified as a coach, as I'm accredited as a coach, a life coach. And I've been walking that path ever since, writing my books, speaking in, in public when I can, doing my nonprofit right now, you know, and supporting the dreams of my children, which, you know, is another gift that I get to give to them. And, you know, also I've been able to give back to the legal community by volunteering with the wellness committees for certain organizations that are in my, my field of expertise with immigration. So I'm able to do that and help attorneys who may be dealing with the burnout as well, who, you know, after two years dealing with certain immigration policies are really challenging. So I was able yeah. to give service back to my own people, you know, my own community of lawyers. So, you know, it's been very interesting. I always laugh. I was like, when, it, I, when, it, when it, days are really hard, I'm like, when is this going to get easier? When I'm like, like frustrated and I have all the human emotions about, you know, oh my God, but did I ever do, did I do the right thing? That won't cross my mind. That, that won't. Cause I yeah. have experienced so much. I would not be having conversations with you about this. I would not be meeting some of the people that I've met. And this is my year of magical connections. So anyone who crosses my path is a magical connection. So that's awesome. It's that collaborative beauty of connecting with another person at their, where they're, where they're offering and my offering and how it all comes together for whoever needs to hear that and then start to change from maybe I'm stuck to what do I have to offer the world? Right. To open up the possibilities so that there can exist something different, something renewed. So I don't want to get, get very much further because we're going to run out of time here, but how, why did you decide to um, walk the El Camino de Santiago? Okay. So, well that, so it's a very interesting story because when my mother passed away, I saw this lighthouse, a beautiful lighthouse, and it was a strange lighthouse. And there was this light that boom in my mind's eye, I was basically praying over her. And at the end, I heard her say, let me go. And for whatever reason, I was like, I got to find the lighthouse. I got to find the lighthouse. A little bit more time goes by. I start reading the books by Paulo Coelho. I love Paulo Coelho. He is a spiritual master, a mystical master. I'm very mystical. I like to see the world through those eyes. You know, everything is a miracle. You know, the Einstein quote is a beautiful one to always, you know, I see that. So I'm always looking for those synchronicities, the young like synchronicities of life, how they speak to me, how life speaks to me. Start paying attention. Mary Oliver, love her too. Pay attention, mm-hmm. be astonished, tell all about it. And I read the book, um, it's The Pilgrimage by, by, you know, I start, oh my God, what is this? And then I started looking into The Pilgrimage. And 
I never read about it before. Eighth century, these people started walking this pilgrimage to find the remains of St. James. And then at the end is a place called Finisterre. And Finisterre, it means what the word means, Finisterre, the end of the world, right? Where this world, where they believed this world of the physical plane met the spiritual world. Well, at this place, this lighthouse, I saw the lighthouse in pictures. And I said, well, I have to go walk this Camino because that's a sign. She gave me the sign. It might not be something that she did, but it was in my mind. I have to, there's a message at the lighthouse for me. So after I resigned from my job, I finally had the time to take, you know, to do a whole week. And then everything's, you know, I love it when, when the world, the universe conspires in your favor, which is one of the quotes that he says, and people started showing up to walk with me. So I had to go with, for whatever reason, I had to go with an organized group because I didn't want to go by myself. I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. Remember that didn't want to walk any hike for that matter. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with people that I love. And then this really great group of 17 people showed up with the guide. We started in Saria and then we walked all the way to Santiago. Um, and then we went to Finisterre. That was the thing. I want to go to Finisterre. So what happened was in, is in my memoir. It's, it was a, you know, one of the things that I was told before I left from one of my spiritual advisors was that you want to go with people, but this is about you. This is, this is your journey to, to learn more about yourself. And I think that's mm-hmm. life, right? Like when we really get quiet, we can learn more about what we're made of. And I, I think the greatest lesson that I learned from the Camino was that the collaboration is huge. People take you through it. They were doing, they were supporting me on, cause I was on online. I was like, you know, but also to get you to the end when you're in that much pain, you know, people plugging you on, pushing you on, but you're stronger than you ever thought you are. So mm-hmm. if you're going through a really tough time, you're stronger than you really thought you were. I promise you that. I promise you that. And, and I love this, you know, this is something I heard. I did my 25th anniversary. I was a grand marshal at my law school about two weeks ago. And the speaker said, I have a master's in failure, but I have a doctorate never giving up to get back up and walk whatever I need to do. And that's because that has that never give up mentality is going to bring you the riches of your life, the experiences of your life. The that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So what other books have you written? So my first one was the magical guide to bliss. It is the 366 of uh, daily insights of the day uh, to unlock your bliss uh, dream spirit and inner, I'm sorry, unlock your inner spirit and bliss. Um, the second one is sparkle and shines, 108 affirmations, mantras to, to level up your, you know, uh, the I am statements, the gratitude statements to get you going with those neural pathways, you know, to get those things that you think of to elevate yourself. And then the last one is my memoir. It's butterfly awake and tells a story after I followed my guide, what happened from that point. Awesome. On. And how can people find these books? So I'm available wherever books are sold. Obviously, Amazon is a good place to go get them, but any indie bookstore or any Barnes and Noble, I'm there. Um, also, if you want to reach out to me, and my webpage is megnocero.com, M-E-G-N-O-C-E-R-O.com. There's a uh, there's a way you can buy the books there as well. It takes you to the links as well. So, Or you can actually email me, megnocero at mac.com, and I will send you a signed copy with all the fun stuff that I get as well. Great. Well, I feel like we could talk for a couple of other hours and um, and not run out of things to say. <laughs> but I do know that we're going to continue the conversation, right? <laughs> yes, we absolutely are. And you get to come on my show too, which I love the collaborative effect. And you're wonderful. Yes. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Thank you. 
If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find Jill at JillRiley.com, on Facebook at JillRiley.author, Twitter at JillRileyAuthor, and Instagram at JillRiley.author. Also, feel free to send Jill an email at Jill at JillRiley.org. Thanks for listening in and have a great day.